Hello, hello, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I'll be your host today. And uh, again, again, this will be three episodes in a row. I have kicked Marty Agther to the curb and replaced him with the one and only Nicholas Ayers. What's going on, dude? What's going on, man? Hey, if you want to kick me to the curb and play some more of that music, I'm good with it too. So that track is titled Glitter Ball. And when I was searching for podcast music, as soon as I hit that, it was an immediate purchase, end of search. That was yeah, it. It was that, that's, I, that's one and done right there. Yes, that's, that was exactly it. As soon as I heard that, I said, that is everything that uh, I'm trying to accomplish right there. Awesome. Um, so, dude, I want to talk about something uh, I saw on social media. That Uh-oh. at 34 years old, you have your first gray hair. Tell me a little bit about that. Bro, you know what the, the, the craziest thing about this is? Well, number one, I'm driving home yesterday from the airport, and my wife looks at me and she goes, babe, you've got a gray hair. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, that's not gray, that's blonde. She says, no, 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 that's gray. The craziest thing about it is I can't grow facial hair to save my life. I mean, I'm like I'm like a turtle shell on my face. But I get gray hair on my head, and uh, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, we're gonna go to CVS, we're gonna get some Jess for Men. You know, I can't have just one gray hair. You know, it's like a weed. Like if you pull it, I know like ten more are gonna spring up in its place. So we need to like attack this ASAP. But I'm cool with gray. I'd rather have gray hair than bald. You know, than no hair. So it, it works for me. Yeah, I get that. I uh, so I'm I'm a couple years older than you, but I found about. Three or four months ago, I found my first one in my... So I I also am not very good at growing facial hair, but I do it anyways. It just um, comes in all patchy. Yeah, and right on like the left center side of my chin is one singular gray hair that when I grow it, when my facial hair grows out in any discernible amount, you it's like a target on my face. I like yeah. see my wife's eyes like move down to it. <laughs> You're looking at my freaking gray hair, aren't you? Eyes up here, babe. Eyes up here. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, um, so, all right. Tell me, tell, uh, for those of you who, who aren't aware of you and, and the work you do, tell us a little bit about um, uh, IED Insurance and, and what you have going there and a little bit about your agency. And then uh, I got some questions for you. Yeah, so uh, IED Insurance uh, found uh, co-founded with my partner Shane Eastman uh, four years ago, just a little over four years ago, February 1st, 2013. Uh, we are located in Vac- Vacaville, California, which if you look at it on a map, uh, is a great location. It's halfway in between Sacramento and the San Francisco Bay Area. It's uh, about a stone's throw from the Napa Valley in one direction and the Silicon Valley in another. So really uniquely centered uh, in just kind of a melting pot of great ideas, great people, uh, real fast, uh, j- just a really interesting uh, spot on the map. Uh, we are uh, mainly, although we are changing, we are mainly at this point a personal alliance agency trying to build more into the commercial space. We have, as it stands now, eight employees. We are currently searching for a ninth and maybe tenth. Uh, one location um, just having a lot of fun. You know, it's just, it's been a very wild four, uh, four years, uh, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. And you are also one of the founders of IAOA. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. IAOA is a, uh, is an association for independent 
uh, insurance agency owners. Uh, we uh, the whole purpose of the group is to come to collaborate, to selflessly share, and to uh, help one another. Uh, we don't look at as we don't look at each other as competitors. I would have no problem sharing any information with uh, the agency across the street if one existed. Uh, but it's just a place where we try to uh, help each other, help each other's businesses from a best practices standpoint, a marketing standpoint, um, and and just be a support system for uh, for for each other. So. For those of you listening at home, one of the things that are or the reason that, that Nick is on the show today is because he is a speaker at Elevate 2017 um, and incredibly happy to to have you be part of the event. And one of the things that 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 you did that really caught my eye, I mean, I, I'd seen some of your work and, and heard your name, but um, then uh, through my Facebook feed came the insurance chef and <laughs> I was completely enamored with both the idea and the production and everything that you were trying to do with it. So, um, one, I would just love to know uh, where that idea came from. Tell us a little bit about you know where it came from, wh- what it is, and um, and I don't even know if you're still doing the episodes or or not. But uh, but just tell us a little bit about the idea because um, whether it ultimately was a success or not, and I and I would love to know that um, the idea itself I thought was phenomenal. Well, thank you. the uh, The idea was was born really under just the guise of one thing. Um, I wanted to find a way that I can eat free food at any of the restaurants that I that I that I wanted to. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, you know, people who know me know me well know that I have a, a strong affinity for food. Uh, all food doesn't matter if it's in the gutter or at a five you know at a five star restaurant or a Michelin rated restaurant. I love edible things. Um, I happen to be an insurance agent. So I thought, why not marry the two things together and figure out a way that I can bring value to the restaurant industry, bring value to my clients who were uh, in the restaurant industry or the food service industry is a better way of putting it, uh, and 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 come up with this uh, this persona, this this thing that would differentiate me from any other insurance uh, agency or or you know anybody out there trying to to market to them and just be somebody who specializes in insuring the food service industry uh, it it was successful it is successful the problem i find is uh, it's like anything else you, you you juggle a number of successful things as well as a number of things that aren't successful and you, you just try to pick and choose okay where do i want to spend the most amount of time uh, and so uh, I just I just looked at it as a way, you know, I'm going to be in these restaurants anyway. I have great relationship with restaurant owners, with people in the industry. Why not uh, try to niche this out just a little bit and uh, and make it work? It it helps that I I love food. It helped that I love uh, small business, you know. And and to me, what I always tell people, you know, just when when they when you look at making a niche, whatever that niche is. Um, you know, find something that you're really passionate about to begin with. Find something that's very interesting to you. Find something that you feel like you could put your energy behind and, and just let the chips fall and you'll find success uh, among some other failures. You'll find some successes. So do I want to resurrect the insurance chef? Absolutely. He's laying a little dormant uh, right now, but that's just because there's so many other things that we're doing that are that are equally as successful. So just trying to you know, find, find, uh, enough, enough hours in the day to, to devote to everything. Yeah. I mean, I think, so one of the things that really caught my eye, um, was how 
it's this idea of being, uh, you know, one of us, right? So people right. want to do business with people that understand them. And when I looked at it, and I've never owned a restaurant, and nor will I, because um, I'm more of a hamburger helper than uh, <laughs> than, any, than anything gourmet. Hey, is nothing wrong with he- hamburger helper? And I make delicious hamburger helper, by the way. <clears throat> so the um, the you know the thing that I originally thought to myself was similar to. Uh, the story I told in in the book that I wrote with uh, Denny Christner and insuremyfoodtruck.com was that um, you it immediately felt to me like if if I was a restaurant owner and I saw that I'd be like wow this guy's one of us like he he talks it he he looks like one of us he's willing to to put himself you know in a in an apron on on camera and talk about the different you know all the different things that you were talking about both from the food you're making and and insurance coverages and you were marrying the things and it felt very organic and natural. And I said to myself, you know, I've seen kind of niche work done well, which was this felt like, and and niche work done not so well. And for those that do it well, it's this, you know, it feels to me like you you became one of them, right? You you became in those moments when you were the the insurance chef, and I'm doing air quotes even though you can't see me. Um, uh, you, you became a restauranteur, uh, a food services professional for that time, and. Um, and and you know I I have a feeling that's a really big reason why it worked for you and and yes. it goes you know there's a question in here I promise um, you know the title of your presentation is is making business more human so you know is that you know it, was making business more human was insurance stuff come out of that or did you already feel that way and or, or did you start the insurance stuff and kind of learn that as you as you went through it. I kind of learned a lot. It was kind of a combination of both. Uh, I felt like I had a basic foundation for some of those principles, but in doing it and being a practitioner of certain things, you kind of pick up certain ideas and certain ways that things should be done. Putting yourself in the position of a restaurant owner, the last thing that they want is they, they don't need an insurance agent or anybody coming and trying to market themselves or sell themselves to them for their particular services. My pull with them is I would go into a restaurant um, sometimes unannounced, and I would simply say, I just want to eat your food, I'll pay for it, and I just want to talk about how great it is. I want to talk about how great this restaurant is. I want to talk about why people need to come eat at this restaurant and eat this dish. I thought of it as kind of being like Guy Fieri and just diners, drive-ins, and dive style. I just want to come in and make it, because how many times have we seen a show like that and we said, man, I want to eat that food or I want to go I want to go to that place. Um, I've made vacations specifically around restaurants that I wanted to go to. Uh, that's just me. So I thought, what kind of value can I bring them first before I ever do anything, before asking for a single thing, before trying to close, give a business card, anything, what value can I present first and what can I give first that's going to entice them to want to build a relationship with me? I would walk into restaurants and uh, I would uh, I would videotape myself eating the food and talking about the things or being in their uh, in their in their kitchen and watching them cook food and and I'd say look I just want to send this out to to the people in my sphere uh, what do you think about that I never got met with a no I never had anybody tell me it wasn't a bad thing but making myself more relational to them making myself somebody that wanted to present some sort of value or a level of value to them it allowed a connection that went well beyond just. Uh, transactional or well beyond anything that felt like it was uh, a sell or anything like that. It, it allowed me to uh, see their process, To it allowed me to have empathy for what they were doing. It allowed me a lot of different things that allowed me to connect with them 
on a more human level. So I believe a lot of that, to answer your question, was stuff that was there uh, as a seed, but really evolved into into something greater than that just based on practicing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it, man. I, I think, you know, I, I uh, wrote a long time ago, give without anticipation of uh, reciprocation. And I think that I, I, it really breaks down barriers when someone looks at you doing that and they go, you know, you know, this guy's going to do this for me and I may never use him for my insurance. I, right. I may, but you know, he's not, he's not, it's not a, you know, a tit for tat kind of thing. It's a, it's a, you know, I'm going to do this for you and I want, cause I want to do it for you. And if something happens down the road, that's phenomenal. But if it doesn't, it, that's okay. And, um, I think it's that kind of good juju that that really comes back and pays incredible dividends down the road think about um, it in, yeah think about it in these terms if i were to lend ryan Hanley money if i came to ryan Hanley and i said ryan here's a hundred bucks uh it's one thing if i give it to you and i never expect you to 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 pay me back um, if I expect you to pay me back, then I'm not giving you anything. I'm simply loaning something to you. Yep. Um, and there's there's a big difference between giving and loaning, right? Um, I can if I loan something, I don't really get a whole lot of credit for that, right? In in the in the juju section of my life. But if I give, if I'm a person that is giving, then I believe that that does come back and that is reciprocal. But that's not why you give. Yeah, I I, I mean I. I've always wondered to myself because this this concept is seems so to to this. Is, so I've interviewed. I uh, I had a different show in a different life, uh, content warfare, and I interviewed um, close to two hundred people for that show. Uh, and if I were to say pull the crux of of every person who was doing great work, uh, who had been successful either current or you know in their current uh, work or or in past work. Um, this principle is probably one of the few strands that would tie all of them together. That at some point in their life, uh, whether it was then uh, or 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 in the current moment, um, they believed in this idea that you 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 have to be willing to give, and you it can't always be what am I getting back for this specific action, right? That you know I you know tie it to a digital marketing term it's like thinking if, if everything is last click then you do you know you're not really marketing right so um maybe that's a little too nerdy but uh you know i, I just why do people or why you know in a general sense um this is really uh, a principle of all marketing right it's it's give 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 educate entertain inspire people over and over and over and over and over and then eventually you will be paid back in terms of when people have a need, they'll come and they'll talk to you. Okay. So obviously you believe in it and I do as well. Um, why do you think then uh, so many, not just insurance agents, maybe all businesses, but but insurance agents in particular, because we're talking on a podcast geared towards them, um, why do they struggle with that idea? The ones that do, like, what is it about it? Is it is it a fear that they may be wasting energy or resources? Is it just a misunderstanding? What, what do you think holds people back from from this same mentality that you have? I, I think it, there's a lot of things on the metaphysical side of, of life that could answer this question, but I think it boils down to, I think by nature, we are selfish people. Just by nature, we are selfish. From the time, you know, I have two small boys at home, uh, three and one. And even even now, you can see the seeds of that in people. Uh, you know the 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 mine mentality. You know my 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 three year old will take something from my one year old and he'll say mine. Um, 
we are by nature as human beings, I believe, selfish people. Now, some to a greater degree, but that's something that we have to always fight against. And and nobody's perfect in that in that regard. So when we think about our business, we're, we're incredibly uh, invested personally in our business. We, we want our businesses to do well. And so almost out of sometimes sheer desperation or out of, uh, you know, a lack of understanding, we are constantly, and you see it with a lot of people in, in not just in this space, but in every space, it's human nature, you know, they just, that's, that's how they market, you know, and, and I think there are some things that really feed into that, you know, the, the style of marketing that, that people want to, uh, to impose on others, you know, we live in a society where, uh, you know, you have to have, and when you're a marketer, you have to have quick, easy call to actions, you have to, you know, make it easy for people, you have to make it simple, and you have to hit them quickly and, and to the point. Uh, and it really is counterculture to what I believe is sometimes the most effective, and I, there's there's a place for that in, in branding, for sure. But when it when it comes to uh, building relationships and marketing, uh, a lifestyle marketing, uh, then I think that that is more long tail. It's more long form, and you just you have to fight against that selfish desire that we have that just says, "I want this, I want it now, and I want it for myself." Um, and that sometimes is, is difficult to do. But I, I think that's really what it boils down to: is just we're people, we're not perfect, and by nature we're selfish. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny. Um, I think it's e- it would be easy to to pigeonhole this mentality into small businesses or, or independent insurance agents. But um, look at uh, what the New York Times is going through. So the New York Times uh, fell into the uh, last click, um, headline chasing, um, you know, we need more clicks to generate ad revenue model okay. about five years ago. And uh, their business was inc- was struggling and they had to cut three quarters of their their force, and uh, if you if you follow along with these kinds of things um, in the last two years, they've made a huge, huge pivot back to long form journalistic style. I'm not going to say unbiased writing, but um, certainly uh, deeper, richer content. And they've gone to a subscription model, which allows them to focus on what they do best, which is uh, unearth stories and, and tell them in an intriguing and engaging way. And, um, uh, it, you know, any organization can fall prey to this. Uh, it just, it's, it's having the, you know, having the wherewithal and the gumption to, to kind of see through to the word that you used, which I think is perfect, which is the long tail, right? I mean, if you're in business for the next five years, you know, be selfish, do whatever you have to do, right? But if you're trying to survive in an ecosystem of other businesses like independent insurance agents are and, and you want to be around for 10, 20, 30 years, um, selfish is not going to get you there. No, selfish doesn't really get you anywhere uh, in your marriage. It doesn't get you anywhere with your kids. It doesn't get you anywhere in your business. It really doesn't get you a whole lot of places in life. Uh, you know, one of the things that is I you know I find interesting uh, for me, you know, I've been I've been playing music now for a musician for a little over twenty, uh, close to twenty years, and I play the drums. And you know, there's so many parallels when you play music to to how you market, to the to how you look at behavior, to just how you try to live your life, so to speak. And one of the you know two of the things that when I teach people to play drums is I always tell them, look, I could teach you to count to four. 
I can teach you to count to eight. I can say one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, and help you keep a count. I can teach you pattern recognition to a degree. One thing I can't teach you, though, one thing that only comes by you being fully immersed in this by by experience is I can't teach you how to feel the music. I can't teach you to know what to hit, when to hit it. That simply comes by your feel. That comes by, uh, you know, being just so submersed in that. And, you know, those parallels have helped me in business. I, I can, I feel like sometimes I can see patterns of society. I can see how things will play out. Um, but it also helps me and as a marketer, it helps me develop more of a feel for not just my audience, but audiences in general. And that's what I want to tap into. I want to tap into what people are truly wanting and how to really stand out. And I think the way you stand out is you really, getting back to this topic, is you really have to be selfless. You really have to say, you know, I'm okay with whoever and, and anyone, you know, knowing this idea. Now, I always bring it back to this. I, you know, I can give out a hundred ideas and, and you can see this as well. We give out a hundred ideas and we're lucky and they're great ideas, but we're lucky if 1% of them actually implements it, right? So that's what, that's one thing that doesn't cause me to be fearful about being selfless or more selfless is uh, I know I can give out everything I got. That doesn't necessarily mean the guy around the corner is going to pick up the mantle and run with it. Um, and so, all I know is I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for my behavior. And I think the best way for me to live and for me to operate as a business owner, as a person, is to try to help other people. Wow. Um, I have like a, a ton more questions for you, but I don't I don't want to go there. I mean, I, I think this is to me, you know, if, if someone, you know, you get asked all different kinds of questions. I'm sure you do, too. Um, you know, about how do you, how do you start and, and get a, uh, a niche up off the ground and that kind of stuff. And, and there's a million tactics that I think we could dive into. I'm sure you have uh, a notebook full of, of tactics that, that could be part of, um, generating a, a niche book of business or, or growing a niche inside your agency. Um, but I think at the core of it, if you were to pin it down and, and, uh, from everything I've heard you say today and everything I believe for the last 10 years, uh, you know, this is it. I think if you if you care about the people in that space in that particular industry, um, as I've heard you talk about today with restaurants, as I we heard Erin Nutting talk about uh, a few weeks ago um, with her uh, wedding insurance business, and uh, as I you know I, I talk about Denny Kristen all the time and the work that he did with InsureMyFoodTruck.com. I mean, he loved the food that came out of these food trucks in San Francisco. Now, the one thing different, Nick, between where you live and I live is that food trucks where you live are gourmet and where I live, they give me the runs. So there's a little bit of (laughs) cultural difference. There's a place (laughs) for both. Yeah, there's a cultural difference between the East and the West Coast there. But that being said, um, you know, all you guys, you all give a shit. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what I hear coming through the microphone while we're talking. Um, It's inspiring to me. Uh, cause I just, I can sense it from you and how authentic it is. And, and I like that a lot. Uh, it's very endearing. Um, I could sense it from Aaron and I certainly could sense it from Denny when I was talking to him and, and so many others. I mean, it's not like you were the only three that have ever done niche business, but if you're sitting there and you're listening to this show and, uh, and you've been considering moving into a space, um, 
and, and specializing like that, I think the very first thing you need to do is make sure that you care about these people because if you're going to be dealing with them every day and really dialing into the intricacies of how their businesses operate and how you best serve them, you have to care. If you don't care, you're not going to do the things that you need to do to be successful. I mean, am I, am I wrong? No, I think you're absolutely right. You know, this morning it's kind of, you know, and, and I didn't know, we, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to say, we, you and I did not have really discussion as to what we were going to talk about this morning. Uh, so there was really no scripting that goes on here. However, I posted, you know, something on my Facebook this morning and, you know, uh, on my Instagram page and all that. And, and, and I'm not really big for motivational stuff. I just, per, just personally, I'm, I'm just not. Um, and I'm not into really inspiring stuff. I'm into blueprints personally. Uh, but, you know, I, I had this this thought. You know, I, I've and I've said it to agents because I get I talk to agents probably at least once or twice a week, a different agent once or twice a week, and they'll ask me. They'll say, you know, how do you do this or how are you doing that? And I'll just simply tell them, and they'll say these comments, and you've probably heard similar comments to yourself where people will say, I just don't feel like I'm that creative. I don't feel like I can jump into this out of the other. And I always tell people, look, you're you're extremely creative. Uh, and, you know, it's been said that necessity is the mother of invention. Well, if that's true, then there has to be a father. And to me, uh, when we talk about how do we find different levels of success in different areas, to me, I think not just caring, but passion for what you're doing has to be the root of your creativity and innovation. Look, you don't have to tell me. If you're asking me, Nick, how do you, how do you market to the transportation niche? I'd say, man, I have no clue. Because I have no passion for that. I have no desire to, to want to know. It's boring to me, personally. If you're listening and you love it, praise the Lord. But for me, I'm passionate about different things. And to me, the passion that I have in any particular area is going to be the what is the root of my creativity. It's going to be what allows me to think of different things. If I'm really passionate about something... And I marry that passion with a necessity or something, a vision that I see, something that needs to happen or take place, then I believe that offspring that comes out of that is going to be great creativity, great innovation, great ideas. And if you really are passionate about something, you'll figure out a way to make it work. And that's what I tell people. You know, we talk about video marketing. People will say, I don't know what kind of videos to make. Well, what what things, What? tell me about yourself. Tell me about who you are. You know, let's find out more about your personality. Because if we're going to make business more human, let's find out about who the human behind the camera is. And, and let's marry those two things together. And you'll find content. You'll find things to talk about. If you just are natural, not scripted, if you just say, I'm going to go with what I'm interested in, I'm going to go 100% in the direction of my strengths and my personality and, and who I am, then I really think that's where you start to see different ideas come about. That's really where you start to see implementation take place. Uh, and that's where I think you begin to see success begin to happen. This is Nicholas Ayers. He is a speaker at Elevate 2017. We, um, I know... I am incredibly happy to have you coming, and uh, and good good friend of ours, uh, Sydney Rowe, is ecstatic to have you coming to uh, Elevate 2017. Man, where can people find out more about you, what you do, if they're interested in your work? Um, where can we send them? Yeah, I mean, probably the easiest place. I mean, I don't want to give you my agency page because that's boring. Um but if people want to connect with me on a personal level, they can reach out to me on any social media platform. Um, I'm happy to accept a friend request, 
mentions, whatever people want. If they have questions, I'm happy to share in greater de- uh, greater depth or details what we do from a marketing standpoint, the philosophy uh, behind it, and any ways that I can help them with tools or, or tips or tricks. Cool. This is episode number 66, by the way, guys. If you go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast, episode 66, you will um – You'll be. I'll have links up to uh, all Nick's social platforms. I will link up to your agency just so they can check you guys out and see some of the stuff you're doing as well as uh, IOA. So uh, if people are interested in that, uh, man, it has been a great pleasure talking to you. I'm looking forward to meeting in person for the first time uh, come this June. Uh, I know you're going to blow the doors off this place, and I know there's a bunch of people that are excited to hear you speak. So um, if you are one of those people, if you're listening to this and you're going, geez, I cannot miss this guy live agencynation.com forward slash elevate one seven agencynation.com forward slash elevate one seven go get your tickets today do not miss it we are well on our way to a sold out show i'm not just saying that because i'm both a salesman and a marketer we actually are and um which makes me incredibly happy but uh if you want to get in i cannot sell another ticket after 300 i literally cannot do that so please get in buy your tickets come see nick live shake his hand Feel his passion and his energy. You're going to love it. I know uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. And uh, and also, big shout out to our sponsors, Zywave. Zywave is a platinum sponsor now. Go check them out, Z-Y-W-A-V-E.com. Um, marketing solutions, the agent's briefcase, tons of great stuff. You're going to hear a lot more about Zywave in the next coming weeks, but I want to give them a big shout out, as well as Traveler's Insurance. Uh, these platinum sponsors are helping make elevate 2017 the conference that we want it to be um nick thanks so much man it's been a pleasure hey bro thanks so much for having me i'm really looking forward to uh you know being there in milwaukee with everybody and uh and comparing hair care products yes i i'll compare hair care products anytime it's one of my favorite topics (laughs) 